expert insight, clear analysis, strategy, and action. Welcome to the CEO to CEO podcast, featuring the world's top CEOs. The podcast will welcome honest conversations meant to challenge traditional ways of thinking from fellow global industry leaders. This podcast will also explore the intricate world of M&A from the insider's perspective. M&A is a big deal, one in which you can drive the future of your business, your industry, and even the trajectory of the marketplace. This podcast is hosted by Kevin Campbell, CEO of Synity. Synity is a global enterprise data solution provider specializing in data operations and data transformation. Kevin Campbell is a global champion in data and has served as the former group chief executive officer at Accenture and COO of Oscar Insurance Corporation. He brokered industry-leading acquisitions at EMC, including the acquisitions of RSA, VMware, and Dell, which still stands as the largest ever acquisition in the technology sector. On this week's podcast, we sit down with Joe Tucci, former chairman of the board of directors, president, and chief executive officer of EMC Corporation, now Dell EMC. As chairman, president, and CEO of EMC, Joe oversaw one of the largest mergers and acquisitions in the history of the technology industry. Today, Joe is currently chairman and co-founder of Bridge Growth Partners. Welcome to today's CEO to CEO podcast, where we're going to explore M&A as a topic. And we're pleased today to have Joe Tucci of uh, XEMC and Wang and uh, somebody who's done over billions of M&A transactions joining us. So, Joe, welcome to the CEO to CEO podcast. Thanks, Kevin. It's my pleasure to be here. So, uh, Joe, over your career, um, you did literally billions in deals uh, yep. in M&A. Um, what's your philosophy of what you're looking to achieve with M&A? Uh, and I know the situations are slightly different, but, you know, what, what in general, do you, how do you think about M&A? Well, I think of M&A in terms of, of growth. Uh, in this industry that you and I both love, the information technology industry, uh, either you grow or you die. And you can't, even if you're stagnant, you're just going to have a slow death. So it's grow or die, and it's, and it's an unforgiving business. It's a great business, but an unforgiving business. And I always believe that there's, you need dual innovation to grow, right? So innovation is the key to growth, and I always like a dual innovation strategy, which is what we called it at EMC. Of course, strategy number one, and the most important one, is that you have your own plans, your own uh, organic technologies and services and people and go to market and you want that to grow. And I think the best companies, and I mean the best companies, the enduring companies have figured out how to keep that going, but also do an inorganic strategy, which is M&A to help pop that growth. And that's terrific. And when, you know, so obviously it makes a little bit of difference of what your strategy is, but in general, you know, when you were sorting through, I'm sure you sorted through hundreds of targets over the years. What, what were you looking for in, you know, an M&A? What was the priority uh, that you had when you were looking through a company? Well, you know, as you said, Kevin, you need, you need to have your core strategy. And there's no substitute for that. And that has to be a growth core strategy, right? right. And, of course, to do that, you got to build, build your team and your and your philosophies, your partners, your ecosystem, et cetera. Uh, being all that said, uh, I, I think one of the best pieces of work that I've read on this was done by um, Bain Cap, Bain, not Bain Capital, but Bain Consulting. And they did a thing about, you know, you, you can grow in your core, and then they had rings of adjacencies, right? So there's one ring out, two rings out, three rings out, four rings out. And obviously, the further rings you go, the more complex, the more hard it's going to be. 
and the most successful acquisitions are the ones you do in your court. Okay. So, I mean, it's a lot, it says a lot more than that, but I, I try to simplify it for this podcast. I always followed that strategy beautifully. I, uh, you know, not beautifully, but thoroughly. I'm not saying I did the best job at it, but I did, I really believed in that. And uh, again, you got to have a growth strategy for your organic, for your core business. And then you got to know what I'm buying and where it fits in and how many rings of JC. And then you got to realize the further you go out from your core, the less, less chance it's going to be at be successful. And how did you, you know, when you acquired, for example, VMware, virtualization wasn't popular, right? So how, how did that come about in your strategy? What do you remember back as to what you were sure. thinking about that, hey, this is food? Exactly. You know, EMC is a storage company. Then we changed it, but it was a storage company. So basically, when you think about storage, we were not a storage company. We were an, we were an external storage array company. In other words, you took all the data out of your servers and you put it in the central array that was accessed by all your servers. You with me? Mm-hmm. So that, that's where we were. VMware, the core of VMware took data out. It's a different strategy today, but back then they took data out of each of the servers and they centralized it which opened up billions and billions of dollars of market. If VMware were successful, we would open up billions and billions of market to the EMC, which heretofore was, was, not, was not in our wheelhouse, right? We couldn't, we couldn't get at that storage that was stuck in the server. We had to take it out of the server. VMware did that very aptly. Um, this, the second thing we saw today, this is a hell of a market because servers were, they're single core back then. And even in single core, the average utilization was less than 10%. And the number of applications that ran on a server was about one, about 1.1. So therefore, to stop that server sprawl and consolidate with bigger servers was going to be a huge market with a huge payback. So it actually got a great great payback just on a storage consolidation that we could get at with our products. And then then secondly, we had the core market of virtualizing the server itself, which, uh, and they both work. Just we saw, I mean, that's what I saw at EMC. People ask me, did you see the cloud? Did you see this? Did you see that? And the answer is no, I saw those two things. And those two things were made it very interesting to us. But again, the VMware, we did there, we started a second core, just to go back to that main work. And then we tried to get synergies between the cores. When you were looking at, you know, you can waste a lot of money looking at a lot of targets, even the ones that were on, on target. Did you... Uh, did you think, uh, did you have some rules that you developed or your team developed that said, hey, if we, you know, talk to the management team and they say X, Y, or Z, well then, you know, forget it, it's not a good target? You know, we had a simple approach and people find it's hard to believe, but uh, I, I believe it thoroughly. Was we started with the people. So if we were going to, you know, wanted to acquire a company or merge with a company, everyone acquired, you know, some people like the term merge versus acquire, it doesn't really matter. But if that, we were going to make that company part of our company and our company relying on that company, we had to make sure that we like the people. Because there's nothing in an IT which says, if I, give me your technology and just, I don't want any of the people. So you got to understand, what am I after? Am I after technology? Am I after skilled people? Am I after a customer base? Am I after a partner ecosystem? You could, you could acquire a company for any, any or all of those things. Right? So, you know, so basically it all starts in my book with people. So do I like these people? Uh, we work hard, we work long. It's nice to work with somebody you like. So if, if these weren't our kind of people, uh, now you now use that word generally, uh, that would throw up a huge red flag.
Uh, secondly, we, it was important that they saw life the same way we did or similar. Like if we think we're moving north and they said, no, it's not north, it's north, northwest, that's fine. That's, that's, a, that's even better because uh, they might, might be well, well, well right. But if they said, no, it's going south and you want to go north, I mean, that's too far up the bridge. So I very strongly did we look at those two items, right? Sounds kind of ABC-ish. But do we like the people and do we like, their, like how they see the market and the potential in the market? If those two were true, we would go on to the other things, right? The due diligence, the dollars, and of course, save for last, but it's important to work out the social issues. If you want the people, the social issues are incredibly important. Where do I work? How do I work? What's my benefits? Um, how long do I, am I supposed to work? What am I, who am I going to report to? You know, those are, that's what I'm referring to, social issues, right? But they're big in people's yeah. minds. So we always followed that time plate. We never, we never said we're going to jump that. So, you know, there's always A, B, C, D, E. And then, of course, you know, do the due diligence. You got to do the homework. You got to yeah. send in teams to understand their people and their skills. You got to send in teams to understand the partners, their customers, uh, their financials, the books, their strategies, et cetera. And you got to just do the work. And the and, uh, biggest advice I always give my people is don't fall in love at all, at all costs. Don't fall in love. You know, let's just stay with our game plan because you can fall in love with a target. Right. And all, then all of a sudden you make an excuse. Well, that's, that's nothing. That, that's nothing. That's nothing. And then you got big problems. And the last thing I, I recommend is you have a business owner. And I tried hard not to make that business owner me as CEO. But where am I going to, where's this product going to live in this company, right? Is it, if it's a new core, that's fine. Then, then I get directly involved. But it's going to be part of the same core. You got to get your business leaders to buy in and sponsor this deal. You know, you know, it's just lonely at the top and it'll get lonelier at the top. Good advice. You know, when you then decide you're going to put these together, of course, you know, we always have either the board or the board and, you know, the street to discuss. And all mergers have synergies, whether they're revenue synergies or cost synergies or in a lot of cases, both. And, you know, the studies always say that, you know, half of the, the deals that are out there fail to... Uh, you know, get achieved their synergies, but, and that's usually from a consultant who's trying to sell you, you know, whatever their consulting is to help you with the synergies. But, you know, from your perspective, and I know you guys leverage outsiders too, but what was your focus on how to get the synergies? What was your key blocking and tackling to make sure that you got the synergies that you were talking about? Well, first of all, when we talk synergies, we talk both positive and negative synergies and then revenue and cost synergies, right? And so it's like a four-dimensional target. We think together our revenues should grow faster. What does that look like? We yeah. think uh, we could take out this amount of duplicate cost. What does that look like? Um, so, you know, it's always approached it from that, from that angle. The biggest thing you got to know is sometimes you take a company and you dump it in the core. And it's like, for instance, you have a product and you can always code what you want to put in that product, right? Like we, I came from a product background. We had a big service business too, but more product. But, the product, but services, uh, lines of services and, and services uh, strategy is very similar. You know, you can always do it yourself. So the question is, can I buy a lot of time to market? Can I buy a customer base? Can I buy, just to go through the same thing, can I buy people who not understand this, this market better, not, better than our people? So that, that's going to be the key to success. But, you know, a board is going to be your biggest asset and your biggest pain in the butt. Uh, because they always want to say, okay, we just paid XX for this acquisition, keep reporting on it. And I used to tell them, look, if I keep it separate like VMware, obviously we can and we will do that. 
But sometimes, or, or even like an RSA for, for, for security, we can do that very easily. But when I take something and I want, I want the ingredients and I'm going to mix it in the EMC soup, yeah. right? And I'm getting new revs of the EMC soup out there, right? How do I know if it's that customer that's, in, that's increasing my revenue or the, new, or the new version of the software or whatever? So I used to tell the board is what you got to do then. I, I, commit to, I commit to say, have EMC grow X percent faster. Just measure me on that. And don't ask me about that acquisition anymore because that acquisition doesn't exist. It's in a million pieces. You know, like all the finances and finance, all the marketing and marketing, et cetera, right? And it's, yep. not a, it's not a standalone. So you got to really define, and the investors are going to be the same way. You got to define to investors what's, as I call it, in the soup. And there and you're going to report, hey, my soup's growing faster. And what is separable, right? And you're going to start a new core or, a new, or, or several rings are far away of adjacency. And that you can report on, right? So it's, but you can't, it's a waste of time to report on everything, which a lot of fellow board members don't get. Great advice. And I think, you know, that is the challenge is that you want to get integrated as quickly as you can and get going to capturing the market as fast as you can. I've said it several times, but usually when it boils down is you could do anything, right? Given time and money, but it's, it's what about that time to market? Right. So, I mean, if you're going to code, like for instance, one of the best acquisitions EMC did was data general to get their store, their mid tier storage business. Cause EMC was the king of the high, high end storage business. And that worked really well. Now that you could get people from that high end storage business to build a whole new product but you had a very successful high growth product and in, in buried in this old company called Data General. So by buying that and splitting that out and making a mid-tier line faster, I think, uh, I think netted us million, billions of dollars in, in revenue and profit. So that's the key. So it's always, it's always going to be about time to market. When you look back on it, any other acquisitions that you, that you are particularly fond of or you thought were ahead of their time, obviously VMware was ahead of its time. You just talked about the data general. Anything else that pops to your mind? Yeah, I think data domain, which really made us solid in a multi-billion dollar adjacency called data protection. Some call it backup recovery. Some call it business continuity. But that company really accelerated that business. And uh, it, it, it was growing nicely before we bought it. And after we bought it, it, it just was on steroids. So I would say VMware for sure. Uh, yeah. Data Domain for sure, and Data General for sure. And I didn't do Data General. My first job when I came in as Chief Operating Officer was to help integrate Data General. But just looking back at EMC in total, I think those were the three biggest. And there's a bunch of others, and some didn't work, quite frankly. And when you look at those acquisitions, right, and look back on your career, what about the role of data in, uh, in M&A? and both the other customers' data and your data and how to put stuff together. Uh, any reflections on, you know, how data is important in this process? You know, the, the, the oldest, the, you know, axiom, I think, in, in information technologies from data, you one begets information, from information one begets knowledge. And of course, when you're doing a uh, acquisition, you wanna make sure you're, you know as much as you can. Right. So, you know, sometimes you're doing, you're in a, you're in a competitive bid and these, then again, and the, and the target is put forth the data room. Sometimes you're digging out your own data and, and it's, and I, and I do it. And I, I really believe it's on, it's broad. It's data about the people. 
uh, data about the DNA, data about the uh, you know softer side as well as the hard side. I think they're both important. So data is all important. And of course, when you when you get the when you you're successful in the acquisition, you want to integrate the IT for sure. And uh, you know, of course, the long tail in the in the tent always the long pole in the tent always ends up being the, how you get your data set up right. So that's useful to both companies, the old company, the one you acquired and yourself. So when it comes to you know IT integration and data integration, was your philosophy do it fast or do it slow? My preach and belief is you want to be as accurate as you can, but I would but I always believed you got to sacrifice some precision for speed because if you don't go quickly, it's this fast moving market that you again the IT market that you and I love, Kevin. It's just, it's done nothing but accelerate through my 50 year career in IT, right? Nothing but accelerate. So if you go too slow, so you don't want to make mistakes and you want to be, you know, like the uh, good carpenter, measure twice, cut once. But that, that being said, you know, you, you, you got to be willing at the top to sacrifice some precision for speed. Because again, the biggest thing you're trying to get is time to market for that product, for that service, for those go-to-market people, for whatever you, whatever it is that strategically interested you in this company. Joe, you know, you were uh, acquired um, at the, the end of your run of CEO at uh, EMC by Dell in uh, what's viewed as the largest uh, transaction in the IT industry. So when you were the CEO and it was reversed instead of acquiring you were being acquired what were you looking for in uh in somebody to acquire your company you got three major office or you know uh constituencies that you're you're beholden to you know number one is your people and i start with that number one with that with your people you want to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say i'm giving them more opportunity the second uh, second audience is your customers and the key word there is care care and feeding. You want to make sure they'll be properly cared for because they took a bet on you. They bought your products. They bought your services. You become a strategic, important part of their go for it business and maybe digital transformation. So is the care for those customers going to be there? Uh, you know, thirdly, and, and there's, there's no order because it's A1, A2, A3, is your shareholders. Are they going to get a good and a fair return? Are they for it? Now, they get to vote on it ultimately, so that makes it a little bit right different than the other two, but it's the, you always worry about those three constituencies. Uh, and, and again, it's opportunity, care, and uh, dollars, so to speak, return. Uh, I, I think that's, that's a great lend. Now, also, and you, know, you want to look, care about your partners if they were your people. Yep. You, want, because you, got to, you wouldn't be where you are if you didn't have some really good dedicated partners in your ecosystem, and you want them to, you want them to care about you, and you got to care about them. And then, of course, your uh, Last audience is the communities and where you where you work, and uh, the the uh, Dell transaction kind of addressed all of those. I mean, I, I was convinced that uh, we there'd be enhanced growth, and with growth would come more opportunities. And uh, I was, the shareholders got to vote on it. It was overwhelmingly voted for positively, so I think they felt they were getting a good return. And customers, I, I, their customer satisfaction is is very good today. So this is three and a half years into the deal, so. Our customers are still with us. They still believe in the company, and and then the fourth one, the board got the board got a benefit. They were looking for a successor, because unfortunately I got older, and uh, it was my time to turn it over. And Michael Dell's done a great stewardship, and he's a great CEO and a good leader.
great leader. It makes sense. And I think, you know, uh, sometimes the most uh, straightforward and simple answers are the ones for people not trying to be over over uh, complicated. Uh, so the simple answers are what works the best. And, you know, for a lot of transactions that you know of and I know of and that we've talked about that have failed, you know, this one is viewed as highly successful. So between you and Michael and the corresponding management teams, you certainly got more right than you got wrong. Um, in general, you were, if somebody was looking to be acquired, what, what would you tell that CEO? Would you tell them just think about those, you know, three or four angles or do you have any other advice for a CEO that's looking to be acquired? You know, the best companies aren't looking to be acquired. They, they think they have a path and they, and, and they just, what we have to do is present them, you and I and others on, I'm on your board and if those don't know, um, I have to sell them on the opportunity together is much greater than the opportunity apart. And the CEO needs to be unselfish. It's, it's not about him. You know, it's not, a, it's not about you, Kevin. It's, it's can we, do, and again, back to those target markets, is it a better opportunity for our customers, is it more care for our customers and is, is it, our people and is it more care for our customers and is this going to benefit the shareholders? I mean, if you get a yes, yes, and yes, uh, then you got to be an awful selfish person, guy or woman, not to want to proceed. Well, I think you, you follow the, the same thing that I, that you and I've talked about before and that I've been trying to do, which is build a great company and everything else will take care of itself. One of my biggest beliefs, Kevin, is you should not do an acquisition to fix yourself. That's the primary road to failure. Fail fast if you do that. You gotta work, gotta put in the work and take your core business that, that you're running and, and, and get it fixed up and, and leaning in the right direction and starting to grow. Then you can layer in these acquisitions to hop that growth and make it grow faster. So uh, that's something I would tell a CEO also. Don't, if, you, if your business is fundamentally broken, don't expect an acquisition to fix it. You're better off selling your business to somebody else, let them do it. But if you can get your business running in the right direction, you know, M&A and dual innovation growth strategy, innovation begets growth, you do it right, um, it's going to serve you well. So it's kind of trite, but that's what I would say to any CEO, I believe it. Joe, a lot of good advice this afternoon uh, that I think people are going to really enjoy listening to. Is there anything I didn't ask you about M&A that still that you'd like to uh, impart to us as we uh, wrap up? Eventually it comes down to the hard work of integration, Kevin. And that comes in planning and people buying into the vision. So again, to CEOs, I'd say it can't be your vision, it's gotta be our vision, our vision being a company, uh, as partners, as customers. And, and when, when that happens, you know, great, great things will happen and you know, everybody will double down and get that, get that integration work done fast. Uh, because there's always some, and again, that integration should have synergies and the synergies that are, should be focused on as much as cost. Everybody focuses on cost. There are very few companies that miss their cost synergies, but a lot of companies miss their revenue synergies. And, and there's also dis-synergies too. And you gotta make sure you put them in the, in, the, in, the, in the pot too, because it's impossible to do some of these things, having a little bit of you know, speed for precision without breaking something or bending something. And you gotta allow for that. So. You know, what are your revenue synergies? What are your cost synergies? And what, are your, what is your dis synergies? And then that, that's how you formulate your plan. How are you going to measure it? You want to measure the entire thing, which you do in a, in a tight integration. If you're going to an adjacency, you could probably, you know, please your board and your shareholders by giving them more information on how that particular unit is doing. 
But um, make up your mind, have your team totally coalesce behind it, and uh, pick the right kind of people that you want to be part of your team because you worked hard. I know Kevin worked very hard on the DNA aspects uh, of the company, and you should be very proud. Synergy's great, great, really well positioned for, for success. Thanks, Joe, and thanks for spending time with us today. And uh, for the audience, thanks for joining us. And uh, look forward to the next CEO to CEO podcast. Thank you, Kevin, for having me. Thank you for joining the CEO to CEO podcast. Join us next time as we uncover data strategies to support mergers, acquisitions, and divestitures with the world's top CEOs.